0: Stoveleg Media. Igniting Conversation.
1: Happy Sunday, everyone, and welcome to the Jesus That's Good News podcast. This is a space where we share the gospel, a.k.a. the good news, to anyone who has a vulnerability to pull up a chair at Jesus' table with no reservation needed. Good morning,
0: Julie. Happy Sabbath, Devon. In the Jewish... The Jewish phrase for that is Shabbat. Shabbat. Happy Shabbat. Happy Sabbath. We're going to talk about Sabbath later. We are. And you know, Devin, I'm thinking too, we had a, as we're recording this, we had our latest episode drop this morning from last week. Mm -hmm. So we hope you are enjoying where we're going with the podcast so far this year.
1: Two great stories. Yeah. Two great stories. Um, Another one to share today. It's a little different, you know, today is a little... It's it's like badass
0: Jesus. You know I love me some badass Jesus. Badass Jesus. And still, like in the middle of being a badass, he brings the good news. Who can do that? It's awesome. Only Jesus. Only Jesus. But before we talk about um, this aspect of Jesus, please don't turn it off because we call Jesus a badass. <laughs> like we mean it in all the best ways. So... Uh, but talk to me about your week so far this week, Devin. Let's get everyone caught up on on what what our lives are all about because you
1: know they're just dying to know. Dying. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Hate to say it, but nothing new, guys. <laughs> another week. We're uh, kind of in the
0: January doldrums. You yeah, know?
1: yeah. Hmm. Um, just another week of work obviously today there's not going to be a lot of rest on the sabbath for me in particular <laughs> and for the Bengals in particular because who freaking day i know yet again who day to the nth degree yes yeah. and like we said last week i feel like i feel like we have to keep saying it because superstition purposes but hopefully next podcast you know we're gonna be celebrating an afc championship And preparing for our Super Bowl victory. So I'm just going to put it out there and manifest it now. Make it happen. Make it happen.
0: You know, Joe Burrow only lived about an hour.
1: Who's Joe Burrow? Have you heard of him before? (laughs) You mean Joe Shiesty? Joey B? Joe Franchise? Joe Burr? Joe Cool? Joe Cool. Is that right, too? (laughs)
0: Um, It'll be interesting to see what he wears today. But he he, um, actually lived about an hour from me. Um, over here in Southern Ohio. You see greatness just lives all around you, Julie. I know. And I think that the school that I went to, Waverly, actually played Joey B. In oh, high wow. school, Athens. Don't That's hold cool. me to that. I know. Um, but yeah, he's he's been bringing a little bit of attention to Southern Ohio in all the good ways. You know, I remember a couple years ago when he won the Heisman, um, he mentioned something about a food pantry. Yeah. And how... You know, I'm part of that arc of Ohio that's in Appalachia. And unfortunately, we're marked by a lot of poverty and need. So um, he really showed himself to be, I don't know, just a great guy in that moment. But anyways. We
1: love Joey B. And you mentioned his outfit. Um, Last night when they got off the plane in Kansas City, little fun fact, his shirt had a teddy bear on it. And then, obviously, some Bengals fans did some digging, and the little teddy bear is holding a sign that said, sorry in advance. Oh! <laughs> and we love that type of shade here. <laughs> it makes me a little nervous. I'm I a know, little nervous. But we love okay. it. We love the confidence.
0: You know, I, um, I'm not a big drinker, necessarily, not for any strict rule-following reasons. I just am, you know, I'd rather have a Diet Mountain Dew, but man, I, I might have to break out a big old glass of wine yeah. today just to keep my nerves down. Ease the nerves. Yeah. Yeah. So it's very exciting. And um, Devin and I were talking about just the little things, you know, we're, we're kind of coming out of, out of the wintertime blues, at least I feel like it. And last night around 6.15, I noticed we still had a slice of light in the sky. Amen. So we
1: will take it. Yes. How's your week been, Julie?
0: Uh, pretty good. Not, like you said, not a whole lot going on. Um, you know, Wait, just...
1: I need to give a shout out to Julie. Snaps. Why? Oh. <laughs> Julie is on her own little personal mission on Weight mm-hmm. Watchers.
0: Yeah. And she yeah. has
1: lost a no combined weight of how much so far? Seven pounds. Seven pounds, people. And what? How many weeks? Um, three weeks. Let's yeah, go. Three weeks. That's Thank amazing. You. Congrats. I know. Proud
0: of you. I know. And you know, mentioning that on the first podcast um, after Christmas break, I mentioned that I was on that journey, and it's kind of a way to for everyone here to hold me accountable. Yes, we love it. Yeah, so that's true. Love. Appreciate the love and support. Appreciate my girl Tammy. Shout out to Big Tammy yep. for helping me along with that journey. And Devin, thank you. You uh, thank you for always asking like how I'm doing on that journey. It, of course. It, you need that accountability, friends. Like that makes a lot of uh, a lot of difference. So, for thank sure. you. Hey, enough small talk.
1: Mm, enough we, of it. We hate we, it. We could talk about
0: Joey B all day long, but let's let's jump in. We had Bible study the other night, and um, yeah, we're going to kind of be looking at a different facet of Jesus. But like I said earlier, he's, he's still going to be bringing the good news. So, if for for those of you that are wanting to follow along, we're going to be in Matthew chapter twelve. And it's kind of like the clip from last week, Devin. Like, if you're not paying attention, it's kind of quick, you
1: know, at first. Like, I don't know. It it would be easy to overlook, but I think it's really important. Agreed. It's nothing that's like, oh, my gosh, have to stop and reread that scripture again type of sermon. But once you really dive into it, there's a lot of golden nuggets in there.
0: Yeah. And, you know, before we – while people are still turning there, maybe going to uh, Matthew 12 – I was thinking about this this morning, um, like when I was growing up, and even just recently. I mean, it could even still be today if someone were to come up to me and say, or maybe come up to you, Devin, and say, "Are do you are you religious?" Mm. What, like, give me? And we didn't talk about this before the podcast started, but give me a feeling for what that would mean. What lo, What do you think the person is asking you if someone says, "Are you religious"?
1: First of all, that kind of gives me like an ick feeling.
0: <laughs> Ooh, okay.
1: Not a good news
0: kind of feeling. Yeah,
1: just the word religious. Um, and I'm sure a lot of people can relate because there is kind of that church trauma that I have
0: um, oh, okay. by, yeah.
1: quote, religious people. Mm. Um, I think I would answer with I'm spiritual, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, it makes total sense. I'm a Jesus follower. I like that even better. Yeah. Um, just the, the term religious, just from everything from the church to, like I said, religious people, and then not ever really grasping the true heart of Jesus when I focused on religion, I, yeah. think, I think is the difference maker for me.
0: I think so, too. I think re- the, the term religious has negative connotations. I mm. don't think it ever started out that way. I don't think it was meant to be that way. But, yeah, when I hear the word religious or if someone says or asks me that question, I'm like, oh. Because I think to me it sounds like someone is asking me or, or telling me or uh, seeing me as just a rule follower.
1: Yeah, they're
0: evaluating you on if you follow the rules. I think so. And I, it's unfortunate that people who I like to say don't know Jesus yet
1: hmm.
0: have boiled down – christianity to more of a religion than a relationship. Yes. And I think those are two, that's a Devin that's like a huge um I don't that's like a huge fork in the road to me. Mm. As you're approaching Jesus as you're approaching uh, what it means to follow him, do we go the way of religion or do we go the the way of relationship? And I think we're here to course correct some people and yeah. I think that's what today's message is going to be about too. Love it. Yeah, there was a song, and oh my gosh, I'm dating myself. Mama Kel would probably remember this, and Papa Kev. Do we ever say Papa Kev on here? A lot of my friends call him Papa Kev. <laughs> let's give so Papa Kev a big shout out. But back in, I think it was in the 80s, the group called REM mm. had a song called Losing My Religion. Oh. and Yeah, and I think we're going to talk about losing religion today. Okay.
1: Okay, so let's jump in. Yes, yeah, so you want to start with Matthew chapter 12, verse 1. At that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry and began to pick some heads of grain and eat them. When the Pharisees saw this, they said to him, Look, your disciples are doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath. I try to say that in a very snooty Pharisee way, by the way. Yeah.
0: You know what? Very judgmental way, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Pharisees mm-hmm. were very judgmental. We know judgmental people. My, You know, my first question when I look at this, Devin, is what in the world are the Pharisees doing? Like following Jesus' disciples out in some field. Like, you have nothing better to do.
1: Don't you know some people like that? Like, you have nothing better than do than keep your nose on my business.
0: Yeah, just waiting to see when I fail, when yeah. I mess up, when I make a mistake, if I break the wall. That's what's happening here. It is so ridiculous. So as, um, as we're reading this, since we didn't live 2,000 years ago, we always say context is everything. So... I'm going to break that down for just one moment, Deb. Break it down. Okay, so um, it was Shabbat, it was Sabbath, and we're going to talk about this in just a minute in the podcast, but there were a lot of rules about what you could and could not do on the Sabbath.
1: From the Old and, Testament, right?
0: Yes, from the Old Testament, from um, what we call the Torah, which uh, also known as the Pentateuch, if you want to sound really fancy, <laughs> first five books of the Bible, and there were rules about, like I said, what you could and couldn't do. And one of them was that you could not harvest, you could not reap. And here we, ha- here we have the disciples who were hungry, and they're just pulling, you know, pieces of, you know, the top of the grain off the heads of the whatever off the grain so, so they could just eat them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I guess the Pharisees viewed that as reaping or harvesting. Yep. And so they're pointing out immediately, you're you guys wrong. are breaking, the, yeah, you're breaking the laws of the Sabbath. Not allowed to do that. Well, this makes Jesus mad. As it should. Yeah. And so if you guys were to read um, verses three, four, and five, he, he talks about, he goes, he, and he looks at them, he says, you know, our father, David, you know, he and his companions were out and, and. One day they were hungry, and they ate the bread that was in the temple. Yeah. And David shouldn't have done that, but he did.
1: And a little asterisk to that, the Pharisees like idolized David, right? Like, Of course, yeah. David could do no wrong in the Pharisees' eyes. Yeah, almost like, who are you to bring up our father David? Exactly. So Jesus knew, I have to say something powerful to get their attention. So he uses David. And when David had broken, quote unquote, the laws of the Sabbath. Yeah,
0: yeah, and, and so, so Jesus is kind of letting them have it. And then he says to them, he goes, I want to tell you something. And I can just see him and all, of you know, just standing there. And maybe Jesus with his chest puffed out, you know, mm-hmm. just a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of marking his territory. Come on, Jesus. And yeah, and he looks at him and he says, I want to tell you something right now. Something is standing in front of you that is greater than the temple. It's me. You know, they're so, they're so pious. They are so full of themselves. They don't even, they're they're not grasping it. And so he says to them a famous verse from the Old Testament, an Old Testament prophet who said, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. And he says, you need to go and learn what that means. Friends, I want you to hear this. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. Let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, like Jesus is saying, compassion is never out of business, God is a God of mercy and compassion and what he means by that is is if you were going to be in right standing with God when you go, like Devin if you were going to go to church this week and you were going to be in right standing with God you know you would maybe want to bring so many fruits from your Uh, orchard or so much grain or so you you would make these offerings to God correct Mm -hmm. so uh, you might bring a a lamb or you might bring a young calf or two pigeons I don't know it could be anything but you would bring it to the temple to offer it to God so that quote you could be in good standing with Mm God Mm -hmm. and Jesus is saying I desire mercy, not sacrifice. I desire compassion. I desire love, not sacrifice. In other words, you don't have to jump through the hoops for me. Yes. Right? And I am a God of mercy. And I love this. He goes on to say, for the Son of Man is the Lord of the Sabbath. So what he's saying is you broke the Sabbath down into all these laws and all these rules, but I'm here to tell you, I'm standing in front of you. I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. You come to me. Yeah. And I desire mercy, not sacrifice. I mean, let's just break it down. And this is, this is maybe an oversimplification, but I'm wanting you to understand this. God is saying, I don't expect you to wake up with a checklist tomorrow, Devin, And say, I need to make sure I do these 25 things. And then if I do those things, if I offer these behaviors to God, then he's going to find me worthy at the end of the day. No, it doesn't work that way.
1: We talk about that all the time. How, especially I used to view my relationship with God as a checklist. Um, If I did X, Y, Z, if I tithe the sum out, then I would be in good standing and God would favor me. And you talk about that a lot too, called the prosperity gospel. And I definitely fell into that where I was missing the relationship with Jesus that was in front of me because I was so worried about following the rules or tithing a certain percent or, you know, the checklist. Where in fact, like you said, Jesus doesn't care about the sacrifices you make. He has mercy for you. He wants yeah, that relationship God with like, you.
0: I think Jesus is saying, I really don't need another calf, right? Or I, I don't need more berries. Yeah, you know, like, I need you. Yeah. That's what I'm wanting. I'm wanting you. And that's what the Pharisees are missing here. Devin, that's exactly right. Because I would just want to hearken back on what you said. Like, the danger, I think, for a lot of individuals is quid pro quo relationship, if I do this good thing for you, then you're yeah. going to do this good thing back for me. And I am i don't know about you. I'm not in any relationship like that. Yeah. If you are, it's what we call toxic. Totally and wholly dysfunctional. Right? Now, let me make a side note. There is a, a rule or a law of sowing and reaping. I know this because I'm a, a, I have a little garden out back. If I put seeds in the ground, right, and I do the work, you know, there's going to be growth from that. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a transactional kind of relationship with Jesus, and he says, I'm not about transaction. I'm about transformation. I'm not about rules and regulations. I'm about relationship. Woo! you getting your pastor Julie on today. He's, he's letting them understand that all of your rules about Sabbath – mean nothing because Jesus is like, I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. It all comes back to me. It all come, everything points back to me. And yet you want to keep following these 613 rules and a couple hundred more amendments, but I'm telling you, I'm standing in front of you and I'm the Lord
1: of the Sabbath. Like, I just want to like touch on this for touch, a quick second. Touch, touch away. Uh, a part of those 613 rules, might I add, that these Pharisees are following and live by. You couldn't even tie a knot in your shoe and you'd be breaking the Sabbath law. That's that's absolutely right. Yes. What else was there? Like you couldn't stir anything? Let me give a
0: little background. We talked about this the other night in Bible study. So everyone knows about the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments are a part mm-hmm. of the Torah, the original law, the 613. But these ten were kind of elevated, right? And so law i gosh isn't this terrible three or four i can't remember which was <clears throat> remember the sabbath day and keep it holy there's your law that's the law given by god to moses remember the sabbath day and keep it holy cool love that easy enough keep it it yep. holy means set apart make it special make it a
1: day of worship and spending time with family doesn't mean you can't get out of bed and you can't tie That's a shoe. Just resting physically if you need to, emotionally if you need to, spiritually if you need to. Yeah, take what you need. Refill your yeah. cup. We mentioned that this clip was
0: found in Matthew or this clip. this uh, The scripture is found in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And I think one of the other translations, it says that Sabbath was made for the man, not man for Sabbath. In other words, it's supposed to be a time to enjoy, right? So here's what Pharisees did, Devin. As they always do, ruin everything. Because apparently that was too vague. (laughs) Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. So they added on like another 39 categories of uh, what we're to do on the Sabbath. Because, you know, God, you're really good at being God, but you're just not specific enough. And so I will not read all 39 things, but just to give people some, you know, You couldn't carry anything or burn anything. You couldn't cook. Hmm. You couldn't tie anything or untie anything. You couldn't, um, let's see what else, you couldn't plant. You couldn't reap. You couldn't harvest. We talked about that. Um, You can't um, unravel anything. (laughs) Okay. No, No unraveling, you know, no marking, no tanning, no skinning. I mean, no sifting I mean, they go on to give you 39 specific things you cannot do on the Sabbath because remember
1: the Sabbath day and keep it holy just didn't do it for them. Imagine being and living in a Pharisee's mind for that day. Like, I already have anxiety thinking about it. You're living a day where it's things that you can't do (laughs) rather than what you can do that day.
0: Yeah, it's really interesting, Devin, that you say that because of the 613 laws I can't remember the breakdown, but the majority of them are about what you are not permitted to do as opposed to what you are supposed to do.
1: I don't mean to be disrespectful at all, but that'd be a shitty Sabbath. It would be an awful Sabbath.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Right? So you're walking along and you're enjoying a walk with your family and your sandal becomes untied. So I guess you just step out of it and keep going because you can't put it back on and tie it.
1: There's no rest in that Sabbath. Yeah. And
0: so Jesus is like, all of these hoops you're jumping through... I don't need them. No, and you're missing it. You're you're missing yeah. the point. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, ironically, we talked about this in Deuteronomy. We talked about this the other night in Bible study, Devin, in Deuteronomy t- chapter 23. It literally says in the law that they're allowed to do what they did.
1: Again, I love this about Jesus. He's like, let me call you out on this.
0: Yeah. It says, actually, I have it right here if you don't mind me reading it. It says, Mm-mm. um... When you come into your neighbor's vineyards, uh, you could eat and fill your grapes to your pleasure, but you can't put any in your container. And then it was the same thing with the grain. If you're walking through a neighbor's field, you can pick some grain off and eat it if you're hungry. You just can't harvest it for yourself. Like you can't put it in containers and go sell it. Yeah. So the Pharisees are wrong. So yeah, he says that the guys are breaking the law by doing that when actually they're not breaking the law, but they're breaking the Pharisees. Man-made rules, Devin. Man-made rules. And this is why the Christian church has split hundreds of times. Because people have added to the scripture. People have added their own rules. They've added their own um, way, I believe, of keeping some people in and keeping others out.
1: Yeah, so what man-made rules are keeping you from your relationship with Jesus? Oh, man, that's a great question. And I think...
0: Those unwritten rules, Devon, or in some cases, very much written rules, um, are what's keeping people away from God. And why wouldn't they? I don't blame them. Anyways, yeah. let's go back to that scripture real quick, because mm-hmm. Jesus, right after this, goes into the temple and has another throwdown with these guys, <laughs> which, again, I love.
1: Jesus is throwing haymakers today. Bring
0: it, Jesus. Yep. Yeah, I'll tell you what. <laughs> Go back to chapter uh, 12 of Matthew, you guys, if you're following along. Maybe you never left,
1: but we're going to pick it up. Devin, you want to pick it up? Verse 9. Going on from that place, he went into their synagogue, and a man with a shriveled hand was there, looking for a reason to bring charges against Jesus. Again, the Pharisees trying to find Jesus in the wrong.
0: Dear God. Okay.
1: (laughs) They asked him, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? Jesus said to them, If any of you has a sheep and it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will you not take hold of it and lift it out? How much more valuable is a person than a sheep? Therefore, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath.
0: It's ridiculous, by the way, that he has to spell that out. Exactly. But keep going.
1: Yeah. Then he said to the man, stretch out your hand. So the man stretched it out and it was completely restored, just as sound as the other. But the Pharisees went out and plotted how they might kill Jesus. Oh, yeah.
0: I'll tell you, here's this man who was healed. It reminds me, I think it was in, in, uh, in Luke, where Jesus kind of does the same thing for a woman who was bent over for like, I don't know, 13, no, 18 years or something like that. And it was on the Sabbath and Jesus heals her. She's able to stand up for the first time in 18 years. And they kind of said the same thing to him then, like, If you're going to be doing this crazy healing stuff, Jesus, just don't do it on the Sabbath. I mean, and Jesus says the same thing. Like if you have an ox or an ass who fall into a pit, aren't you going to
1: get them out? I mean, yeah, act like you wouldn't be walking down the street with your sheep. It falls into a pit and you act like you're going to sit there and just let the sheep stay there and you go on with your life. Get out of here. You're going to go save him. No matter if it's the Sabbath or if it's a Wednesday. There's something wrong with a
0: religion that would give more excuse or compassion, I guess I would say, more compassion to rescue an ox or a donkey than it would be to heal a person. That is messed up.
1: Imagine if one of the Pharisees was that man with a shriveled hand. Do you think that they would be, um, you know, questioning Jesus healing them on the Sabbath? That is a great question. And I think that kind of goes into the whole big picture here is, and tell me if I'm wrong. I'll tell you if you're wrong. Go ahead. I know you will. I think some people sit on that fence between religion and relationship because sometimes when you're on that religion side, it takes something very personal or you know somebody that you love deeply uh, for something to happen to them where they are kept out. Yes of the relationship yes. and that is what pulls you over it takes something so personal as maybe the Pharisees, the one with the shriveled yeah. hand and they need healing um you're happy living on the rule side until
0: it means something to you bam and ownership means everything and so if it's happening to me or a loved one of mine i'm going to reconsider this yeah. i mean i think it's the same thing with the lgbtq mm-hmm. um community and and um yeah, like it's easy to say, oh, they need to stay out. They're, you know, I don't know, uh, an abomination or they're a disgrace or this that and the other. And I can tell you of several authors and leading um religious, I hate to use religious, spiritual teachers who have changed their tune because they've had a, a son or a daughter or mm. someone come out and you know, and coming out and saying I want to be a part of this Christian community and they're standing back and watching their loved ones be ostracized and say, you can't come to the table. So yeah, sometimes it does take that personal, you know, that personal touch, that personal interaction. There's like, have you ever heard of the singer Amy Grant? Yeah. Right. She, you know, back when I was younger in the eighties and nineties, she was, she got her start as a, a Christian singer, gospel singer. And she's now, um, catching hell because she and her husband Vince Gill are hosting the wedding of like, what is it? A niece or someone who's gay, some mm. like a family member mm. they there, you know, and, and she has come out and said, you know, I believe that God's love is inclusive. Come on. And yet she is, you know, facing boycotts and all kinds of nasty uh, comments from the religious yes. community. Because they don't get the point no because yeah because it's all about the rules all not relationship rules. Mm. you know what's really interesting devin we talked about this too i think it was last week maybe in in john 5:39 there's a great bit of scripture i'm going to read it to you and you're going to be like oh yeah i remember us talking about this but jesus is addressing the pharisees and he says you search scriptures because you think they give you eternal life but the scriptures point to me mm. And I think that's what the Pharisees do. They search all the scriptures and then they add to them, thinking that following all the rules and obeying every, not just the letter of the law, but breaking it down to ridiculous um, sub sub points, if you will. And they think it's going to, quote, save them. And Jesus is like, no, what you don't understand is it all points back to me. Yeah, And I'm right here in front of you and you're missing it. Mm. You're missing it. Oh, gosh. You know, I... I think um, it's unfortunate. I think there's a huge exodus from the church right now, Devin, or a lot of people aren't interested in joining um, any kind of, quote, religious movement because of the J word. Do you know what the J word is? They feel judged. They feel judged. And that's what rules in religion do. They let people know how they have not measured up, mm. how they have um, completely fallen short. And then for good measure, they'll add in how God is just, you know, disgusted by you. Or
1: I know a ton of people who sit in that space, who are scared to take that step with Jesus because of where they are right now, as if where they are right now is so wrong that Jesus won't even take them in.
0: I think so many people... Feel like they have to kind of clean up themselves before they can come into a relationship with God. I've had I've had people come to my house like this years ago. Um, since I'm single and I just take care of it myself, but I used to have a, a a lady come and she would clean my house, but I would go through and clean it first so it wouldn't be as disgusting <laughs> when she would come in and clean. Right, and I think that we do that and thinking that we need to um, clean ourselves up and perfect ourselves when God is like, I'll, I make up that difference.
1: Yeah. I got Jesus, you.
0: Jesus. Just like, as you, I love it when you say, come on, like yeah. Jesus is like, come on. Yeah. I
1: see you. I know you. I've known yeah. you since before you were born. Come on. And listen, you don't need to buy a ticket into relationship with me. No, you don't need to pay 10% to be in a relationship with me. You don't need to go to church three times a week to be in a relationship with me. All these rules that you have thought you had to follow, my relationship is here for you for free.
0: You know, it's really interesting. I think about you and Katie together, you know, and uh, your relationship is born out of love, okay? But I'm wondering every morning when you get up, do you go through that checklist? (laughs) Never, never. Do you know what I'm talking, like yeah. you go through, okay, Katie, let's talk about rules one through 10 of how we're going to treat each other and what we're going to do today in our relationship and what yeah. we're not going to do.
1: Yeah. I need to do the dishes to earn your love. Mm. And I need to take Ollie out to earn your love. Well, that
0: might be a big one. Okay.
1: <laughs> I need to, you know, give you 10% of my income to earn your love. Okay. She would appreciate that. All yeah. right. Yeah. It, it's, it's silly it's- when you break it down like that. It's so silly it is because your relationship
0: when any relationship is born of love i i don't know of anyone that that does that right we don't live by a checklist in our in our relationships because the love motivates you in that relationship it's not about adding things from the outside it's about living from the inside and letting that love motivate you To live well, to love well. We don't have to worry about an external checklist when we're in love in a loving relationship with Christ. We are going to mess up, guaranteed. Mm -hmm. Guaranteed. It's going to happen. This is where grace and forgiveness come in. And And then we allow yeah. And then we allow Jesus' love to re redirect us, right? Yeah. And and we can go to him and say, I really messed up here. Yep. God, how do you want me to live in this situation?
1: And just speaking from experience, real quick, this this kind of weighed heavy on me. If you don't know this about me already, <laughs> I am uh, very frugal. Money is kind of a sensitive topic for me. I'm not sure why, but um, I don't know if it's me just trying to protect. I'm the Enneagram Eight in me. I'm trying to protect and provide mm-hmm. for my family. Whatever. Sure. Um, when it comes to tithing, and Julie and I talked about this on Wednesday pretty heavily. She broke it down in a way because in the past I thought I have to give this 10% and don't get me wrong. It's great to tithe. However, I got in this spot years ago at a big church that I thought I had to tithe in order to earn God's love. Mm. And it's that prosperity gospel I talked about. I'm going to give you 10% and that way I'm going to get double the favor back. Where in reality. And Julie kind of said this beautifully on on Wednesday night. Tithing is an offering or a sacrifice. It doesn't always have to be hard cash that you're giving over. If you can, that's great. However, it's what comes from your heart. It's the motivation in your heart to have a sacrifice for Jesus. So maybe... At the point of your life that you're in right now, maybe all Jesus is wanting for as a quote sacrifice is for you to open your heart, to offer your heart to him.
0: That's where it starts. It goes back to what Jesus says. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. You know, like of all the things that you could give. And I challenged people on our Facebook page yesterday. What can what can you do this weekend to give to somebody else? You know, um, I don't think Jesus is is up there with a calculator.
1: Um, <laughs> he's not an accountant.
0: No, he's not. I, I the idea is that we, you know, like we talked about. And there's a great quote about how, and again, it's Buchner, But my life flows into your life, and your life flows into my life. Like you know, like that's just how life is meant to be—to love God and to love others. And again, if the Pharisees are saying, by the way, that, that rules trump compassion and justice and mercy. And if if you're a part of a movement that's like that, then run away, because that's just pathological. And Jesus is saying that compassion and love and mercy trump rules. He flips it, right? Upside down kingdom. So I just want to make sure that I point out a couple of differences between religion versus life in the kingdom of Jesus. Religion is about what you are trying to do for God, whereas Jesus and his kingdom is all about what he has done for you. So religion is about more often than not trying to avoid punishment, whereas life in Jesus's kingdom is all about being known and being loved. You can see huge differences here. Religion is about me trying to impress God, and the, the, the kingdom is about how God has impressed us and transforms us right? And, and makes us loving, just kind of loving people. It's, it's like the kingdom and religion are two different entities totally. And so it begs the question, what movement do you want to be a part of? A religious movement or Jesus's kingdom movement? That's pretty much all I got today, Devin. That's big stuff. You know, I, there's two great clips from The Chosen that um, highlight what we talked about. So I think later this week, I'll go ahead and get those posted up. So good. Badass Jesus.
1: Yeah. We love badass Jesus around here. So just a reminder, check us out there on the Jesus That's Good News Facebook page. Julie and I would love to connect with you. And like I said, hop over there to check out those uh, chosen clips as it just really brings Mm -hmm. scripture to life. Also, if you like the podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you If you, you don't, get your don't
0: podcasts. like the podcast, don't review.
1: <laughs> don't review it. Just skip that. We're Sorry. not
0: interested in your opinion. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All jokes yes. aside, seriously. On behalf of Julie and myself, here's to the good news. May we be it. May we seek it. May we spread it. So pull up a seat. There's no reservation needed. Be well, friends.